Welcome to El Faro English. Be sure to follow our channel wherever you get your podcasts to listen to award-winning independent journalism from Central America. Today is May 21st, 2022. In this occasion, we share with you an investigation by Carlos Martinez. Collapsed government talks with MS-13 sparked record homicides in El Salvador, audios reveal. Published in elfaro.net, in its English section. High-ranking MS-13 sources confessed to El Faro their responsibility for the killings of 87 people, between March 25th and 27th in El Salvador, including 62 of them on March 26th, the most violent day in the past two decades. Spokespersons for MS-13 revealed that the murders were carried out in response to what they call a betrayal by the administration of President Nayib Bukele of the covert pact that reduced homicides since 2019. They, the government, were doing things that they should not have done. That's why there were 80 deaths on those days, explained a leader of MS-13 who was outside El Salvador. They didn't keep their word. They made arrests that they shouldn't have. They said, meet us at such and such place to talk, and instead of talking, they made arrests. As proof of their dialogue with the Bukele administration, MS-13 provided seven audio files in which Carlos Marroquin, one of the negotiators on behalf of the president, speaks with at least one member of the gang, during and after the violent weekend in March. In the recordings, Marroquin, the administration's director for the reconstruction of social fabric, details to his MS-13 counterparts his efforts, during the spike in homicides, to convince Bokele to keep the agreement alive. He also indicates that he would have prevented the arrest of gang members that provoked the crisis, and refers to the three days of the massacre as a pressure tactic against the government. Marroquin explicitly blamed Security Minister Gustavo Villatoro, who he calls in the recordings the crazy minister for the fallout, and claims to be relaying the gang's messages to Bukele, under the pseudonym Batman. This is how I see it brother. I already told Batman there are 72 hours to respond. He didn't take it well. He took it poorly. Like. They can't threaten me, and the like. In the audios, Marroquin also admits to having led negotiations for almost two and a half years, and confesses to escorting a gang member whom he calls El Viejo out of prison and to Guatemala. El Faro identified the gang member as Crook of Hollywood, one of the national leaders of MS-13, who faces a U.S. extradition request, but was released despite the ongoing criminal charges, according to El Faro investigations. 
In the call, Marokin claims to have done so in order to show the gang his loyalty and trustworthiness. El Faro verified the recording's authenticity with two MS-13 leaders and one from the 18th Street Gang. Using forensic-grade software, El Faro also compared Marokin's voice with samples from public speeches. The analysis found that the pitches and frequencies of the recordings produced an 85-90% to match, the closest possible match through these programs. The three gang members agree that what shattered the government's pact with the gangs was the arrest of a group of MS-13 members, traveling in a government vehicle, who had let their guard down, due to a guarantee of safe passage, and were accompanied by a driver hired by the government. An MS-13 spokesperson, who identified himself as Chavo, and said he is a member of the senior leadership outside of prison, offered more details. A couple of brothers were arrested while traveling in an official vehicle, from the prison system. They had a driver provided by Lobo, he said, referring to Osiris Luna, the prison's director and vice minister of security. El Faro confirmed with multiple gang members the pseudonyms for Luna, and the rest of the officials mentioned in this investigation, including that of Batman, used to refer to President Nayib Bukele. In the audios you can hear one of our homies talking to Carlos Marroquin. Lente is this homie Carlos Marroquin from Social Fabric. We called him that to protect his identity, like we did with Batman, explained one of the leaders in a phone call. Marroquin alludes directly to Bukele as Batman in four of the seven audio files. The conversations suggest that the president was aware at all times of the communications with the MS-13. Marroquin even offered to show a gang member screenshots of his conversations with the president. In the recordings, Marroquin confirms the arrests and reveals that, in their wake, MS-13 leaders gave the government an ultimatum to free its members within 72 hours. In one recording, the official says he relayed the message to the president. El Faro questioned Chavo about the assassinations on the last weekend in March. He answered, In all of the years of this pact with Batman, the homicides have been at zero. We were the ones to carry it, believe me, every day, and the system would blame us, day after day, if the homicides were high, he said. We know how it was handled. And now you ask me, why did you take it out on all of the people? The thing is that here it's not just us or someone. Here almost everyone came. Then he hung up before El Faro could ask him to clarify. El Faro later asked the MS-13 spokespersons the same question again. Why did they murder so many Salvadorans to exact vengeance against the government? The gang did not respond. Prior to publication, El Faro contacted Carlos Marroquin by phone for comment, but received no reply. 
We also sent him several messages detailing the findings of the investigation. At least one of them was read, but without a response. El Faro also placed calls to the cell phones of Minister Viatoro, Vice Minister Luna, and the Presidential Press Secretary, Sofia Medina, as well as to the press offices of the Prison Bureau and Ministry of Justice and Public Security. None replied. The recordings reveal a clash in strategy between Marroquin and Security Minister Viatoro, who in the conversation with the gangs is referred to as Torero. Marroquin blames him for the PAC's demise, and even says he sent the gangs a compilation of the minister's social media posts. Right bro, I'm listening in. I sent you the image of a few of that crazy minister's posts, but I believe they think they can test their strength on you," he says. As the government reacted to the spike in violence by decreeing a state of exception and making sweeping arrests, Marroquin told the gang. The process has ended. Inside they're torturing people. They're suffering and being humiliated. He also warns the gang that rogue members of their organization may have made a separate deal with Viatoro. There won't be a state of siege, brother, but the raids won't stop, in theory. Hey, look, there's something strange for you to check out. There are almost no arrests in Sonsonate. My gut tells me, those guys from San Cocos have turned over, are turning over your people, those of you that they can spot. And I'm telling you, bro, God forgive me, but I think they made some kind of deal with this minister. He's the one who will end up taking the victory lap for all the arrests. He added. They're going to start killing brother. You'll see, left and right. That's how it is brother, what can I say? This isn't what we fought for, but yeah, hey, look into that. In Cincinnati, they've hardly arrested anyone. As it has with past governments and political parties since at least 2012, the gang decided to reveal the inner workings of its negotiations with the Bukele administration because of its view that the government violated the terms of their agreement. In 2020, El Faro revealed the existence of the negotiations between the government and MS-13 for a reduction in homicides. El Salvador saw in 2018 an average of more than 9.1 homicides per day, according to police data. By 2020 and 2021, under the Bukele administration, the number dropped to 3.4 per day on average. In 2021, El Faro published a follow-up investigation showing that the dialogue also included both factions of 18th Street, the Serenos and Revolucionarios. Both publications showed that Marroquin, as heard in the audios, acted as liaison between the government and the gangs. 
Vice Minister Osiris Luna also appeared in El Faro's investigations as a key part of the negotiations. As head of the Bureau of Prisons, Luna authorized the entry of hooded individuals into maximum security facilities to conduct the dialogue with imprisoned gang leaders. Prison intelligence reports revealed that, in 2019 and 2020, hooded gang members who provided no identification entered the prisons to receive orders from their leaders. Marroquin also participated in some of these meetings, according to official documents. In a recent interview with British-Spanish language outlet, BBC Mundo, the Serenos, a faction of the 18th Street Gang, confirmed that they negotiated with the Bukele administration. As a gang, we have spoken with Carlos Marroquin and Osiris Luna, and we also have a line of communication with another government intermediary, known as Manzano, to protect and not burn Carlos and Osiris. In December 2021, the U.S. Treasury Department imposed Global Magnitsky Act sanctions on Marroquin and Luna, barring them from entering the United States, on accusations of secretly negotiating with gangs that the U.S. government considers transnational criminal organizations. According to Reuters, the Department of Justice is preparing an indictment against both members of the Bukele administration. One of the audios, apparently recorded between March 25th and 27th, when the spike in homicides had already begun, but before Bukele ordered his party's legislators to approve the state of exception, documents a conversation in which Marroquin scolds a gang member for having trusted other officials. And Lobo was an asshole and didn't tell me at the time bro. They came and told me when the brothers were already on the outside, and Santa was the one who told me, but others didn't. They had already arrested them, and they were making them all with Lobo. He also asserts that, if he was in the car, he could have avoided the gang members' detention. They came and told me when the brothers were already on the outside, and Santa was the one who told me, but others didn't. They had already arrested them, and they were making them all with Lobo. But when things heated up, what did Torero do? Round up the homies who contact, because he even locked up the guy who was moving Lobo. They're locked up. But brother, that's where I tell you guys, do you think that if this operation were done with me, I wouldn't have been present? Of course I would have gone and moved the brothers myself. Because, they won't come for me, you get it. Torero isn't going to swing at me. That would be a mistake for him, can you imagine the picture in the press? They capture the... They capture Lente with so and so and so and so. Listen, that would be a bombshell for Batman. After the scolding from Marroquin, the gang member asks if the driver who accompanied the captured MS-13 members was also arrested. In response, the director of Social Fabric reveals that the driver had been hired by the government. 
Question. So they even put away the driver who was working for them, who put us? Yeah, yeah. Even him. I imagine they'll help him out because he works for the system, you know. But that's where I tell you, brother, why do you lower your guard? We were all on the same page that things went through me. One gang spokesperson told El Faro that not only was the gang member's driver a government employee, but that at the time of arrest they were traveling in an official bureau of prison's vehicle. In the same conversation Marroquin says, to make his point that he is the most trustworthy official, that he personally escorted gang member El Viejo out of the country. I pulled Viejo out from inside brother, as a way of helping all you guys and to show you my loyalty and trustworthiness. I personally went to get him and took him to Guatemala. So, I don't know why you trust other people brother. If everyone else here wants this to fall apart and no longer move forward or work. Two MS-13 leaders confirmed to El Faro that El Viejo is Elmer Canales Rivera, alias Crook de Hollywood. He is a founding member of the Ranfla Historica, the gang's highest governing council, and has participated in all negotiations with governments and political parties since at least 2012, including those with the Nayib Bukele administration. Crook was imprisoned in 2000, received a new 70-year conviction in 2019 for homicide, and is facing additional charges for aggravated extortion and illicit association. In December 2020, a federal judge in the Eastern District of New York signed his arrest warrant, accusing him of conspiring to provide material support to terrorists, conspiring to commit acts of terrorism on U.S. soil, conspiring to finance terrorism, and conspiring to engage in narco-terrorism. The Biden administration formally requested his extradition on July 26, 2021. The judge who handled Crook's case documented on March 29, 2022, that by the time of the extradition request, he had already been freed, despite ongoing criminal charges. When the judge inquired about Crook's whereabouts, Supreme Court magistrates aligned with Bokele, transferred him to an inferior post, and Bokele accused him of corruption. In May the Supreme Court confirmed to El Faro, in response to a records request, that the 46-year-old gang leader was not in prison's bureau custody. One of the MS-13 leaders consulted by El Faro backed Marroquin's version of events that the release of Crook was a deal that was made. Imagine how we did that. It was pure state power. You see how dirty it was for them to take him out in cars from the system. The recordings detail how the killings, in late March, were the way MS-13 exerted pressure on the government after its members' arrests and how in that critical moment Bukele cut Marroquin out of the transcendent decision of how to react to the gang's threat. I'm the one who gets what's going on here, brother. You, Viejo, and all the others need to see that. 
Nobody is interested anymore. I think I'm the only one here left fighting for this. So the thing is, Batman told me, let's see what the reaction is in the next few hours and I'll let you know if we'll meet tomorrow. So what I need to happen now brother, is for you to tell all the people to stop, for them to give me the chance to see if we can pick things up again or not. Like I told Diamante in a call yesterday, for me to tell you guys, brothers, I can't anymore, it's over, and that's it, it fell apart. According to the audio, Marroquin sensed that the government's pact with the gangs was on the verge of collapse and that he would be the one left to offer explanations to his MS-13 interlocutors, including Crook. Because, yeah, I think the strategy hasn't worked out well. I think there could have been other ways to pressure that didn't have to do with the dead bodies. In another audio file, that seems to be dated the next day. Marroquin tells the gang about the expected meeting with Bokele. Batman has been delayed. He's going to see me at 7 at night. I'll let you know. So that you can also tell Parco to be ready around that time. So that if you have other things to do, you do them bro. But at 7 he and I, agreed to meet at the White House. In later conversations, it becomes clear that Marroquin's meeting with the president did not go as the gangs had hoped. In another recording, Marroquin says, Not even brother, not even. I'll send you a photo of my conversation with Batman all right, so that you can see the situation. I don't want to play with you guys. Bro, but I feel like right now, he's playing. He thinks he's got you guys up against the wall, and I don't want to play that game, you know. So I'll send you the picture right now so you can see it. El Faro was unable to identify the gang member who received the screenshots of his conversation with Bukele. In later conversations, Marroquin seems to conclude that all efforts to maintain an open channel of negotiation with the gangs had failed, criticizes the repression during the state of exception, and seems to accept that the process that he oversaw since almost the beginning of Bukele's presidency had come to an irreparable end. If God allows it or requires it, I'll be there to go at it again. But for now, like I said brother, the process has ended. Inside they're torturing people. They're suffering and being humiliated. They're treating them like animals, and that's not what we've been fighting for. We did it to generate better conditions for those inside and for the people on the street, the communities, the poorest people. Right now all I know brother, from what they told me, is that it's going to get worse in the communities. So yeah, put people on alert brother, because things are going to get even more fucked, and we have to make sure that nobody falls asleep at the wheel. In the six weeks following the spike in violence and the souring of the agreement between the Bukele administration and the gangs, authorities claim to have made over 31,000 arrests, 
and the press has registered at least 11 in-custody deaths. Human rights groups have reported widespread arbitrary detentions, and Bokele announced he would severely ration and limit prison meals to twice a day. The president has asserted that international and domestic organizations reporting human rights abuses are allies to the gangs, who he has called the armed wing of the international community, even though his very own director of social fabric called the treatment of those arrested during the state of exception torture. Ruling party legislators have called for a second 30-day extension of the emergency measures, currently set to expire on May 27. Yeah, I know, brother. I know how this goes. You know that, thank God, we made an effort for almost two and a half years to make things go smoothly and showed not only him but the country, you guys, the people, and everyone, that where there's a will, there's a way. But it shouldn't be one-sided. It should be on all sides. Unfortunately, I think that's what's missing now, goodwill. But let's get it, bro. Let's get it. Like I said, I'm here for anything you need. You can find this text by visiting elfaro.net in its English section. El Faro English, R. Roman Grassier, Anacat Brigida, and Jose Luis Sanz. Production and music by Amion. Thanks for listening. If you appreciate our work, consider supporting Central American journalism by joining our community of crowdfunders at support.ilfaro.net.